During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. Garrettson and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 a.m. and 94.5 FM. We are back with another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. The college football season ended, I would say, an unceremonious action last night as Michigan pounded Washington. Game was somewhat close for three quarters. Uh, we really only got one quarter of true competitive football because Michigan was uh, stomping the guts out of Washington's run defense in the first quarter. Uh, Donovan Edwards was running all over them in the first quarter. Uh, Blake Corum, uh, the star running back for Michigan, the hero in that game against Alabama. Washington couldn't stop him. And then when Michael Penix and company made things interesting, made things close, that was when the Wolverines finally pulled away. Uh, when that game was 20-13, to 13, I thought maybe at some point we were going to get a fun national championship finish. But credit to Michigan's defense, they never allowed Michael Penix and uh, that loaded wide receiver room to get much going in the second half. Turnovers were an issue for Washington. Uh, Michael Penix looked like a completely different quarterback from the way he did against uh Texas in that game, I mean, last night, it just felt like he was running for his life, couldn't get on the same page as his receivers, you know, couldn't get on the same page as Roma Dunze, a 27 of 51 with two picks in the game. Uh, that's not the same Michael Penix we've seen, but remember uh, what we said about this game, not only yesterday, but last week, it was a matter of how this game was going to be played. If Washington got Michigan into a track meet, Washington was going to win. If Michigan could muddy up the game, slow everything down, pound it, uh, pound that defense with the running game, Michigan was going to win. And I sided with Michigan and Vegas because I thought, you know, if Vegas is going to tell you that Michigan and that offense, which doesn't score a ton of points, was a four, uh, five-point favorite, I was going to side with Michigan. I think the fun pick, the sexy pick, if you want to call it that, was Washington. They're more fun. They're more explosive. They've got a fun quarterback. Michigan is pretty boring. J.J. McCarthy is a boring quarterback. He is a Big Ten quarterback, a stereotypical one at that. I mean, Michigan won by three scores, and he was 10 of 18 for 140 yards. That's not what it used to be like in a championship game, but that's also because a Big Ten team just won it. The Big Ten plays like that. And I think a lot of people were wondering last night if that was it for Jim Harbaugh. Jake and I discussed this yesterday on if he was gone after this game. I said if he lost, it felt like a pretty much a foregone conclusion, right? You lose at that stage. It's pretty hard to get to national championships in college football, and now you expand it to 12 teams next year. This is the perfect time to jump. There's a lot of desirable jobs, attractive jobs. Jim Harbaugh wants to return. A spot in Vegas is going to maybe be open if they move on from Antonio Pierce. L.A. has an opening job or an open job. I think that feels like 
the most attractive destination to him. Maybe Atlanta would be calling, maybe Washington. He's going to have his pick of the litter, and people are going to throw a lot of money his way to return to the NFL. Now he gets the pleasure, though, of either going out on top or trying to build a dynasty. You know, Ohio State had the Big Ten's number for years. Now it feels like Michigan has the number because they have dominated Ohio State the last three years. They've now won a national championship. Ohio State's kind of fading from that level of elite or that level of prominence over the Big Ten because Michigan is right there. The recency bias would tell you the Wolverines are the better program right now. But what happens if Jim Harbaugh leaves? Now, he could stay there and try to build up the next great dynasty. And nobody, I don't think, I don't think is ever going to come close to what Alabama did and what Nick Saban did. Uh, I would say Kirby Smart and Georgia came somewhat close, but it was only two years. You know, back-to-back championships, and they didn't even get into the college football playoffs this past year. Now, who knows how long Georgia stays on top? It's an incredibly tough conference and incredibly tough division. Michigan has the luxury of playing in the Big Ten. There's a lot of weak teams, and the teams that are ranked are unbelievably overrated. Penn State, overrated. Iowa, maybe the worst ranked team we've ever seen in college football. Their only competition is Ohio State, who they've beaten three times in a row. So they're going to have an 11-0 start every single time they get to that game against the Buckeyes. And now, with the 12-team expansion, you could be 11-1, lose that game, and still get in. You could drop down to the 8 or the 9 seed, but still 11 wins. That's how easy Michigan's schedule typically is. Now, I think Michigan does get Texas early on in non-conference play next year, so that could be dangerous to them. And who knows if Harbaugh is going to be there. That just kind of feels like the talk, though, after last night. As much as I would like to sit here and dissect a blowout game, I'm not going to. Washington was dominated from the beginning. Uh, they had you know close situations in that game. They had moments where it felt like, hey, uh, they could tie this game up. Uh, the defense had slowed things down. They had halted the running game. But Michigan's defense was too much for Michael Penix. And I remember saying this last week that though Michigan's defense hadn't seen an offense that year that was led by a quarterback such as Michael Penix, it it goes both ways. Michael Penix hadn't seen a defense like that this year in Michigan's. The nastiness up front, the athleticism in the secondary. And that kind of was the result of last night. It's why Michigan just overwhelmed a Pac-12 school. And I know that there's going to be people saying, oh, it's going to be stripped away. No, they're going to tear down the banner. There's going to be sanctions on Michigan. I've always been of the belief that if you feel like you need to do that, if you want to put an asterisk next to a national champion or to a World Series champion, NFL champion, I get it, right? But I also say as much as I hate the Houston Astros and what they did, the the cheating scandal, the sign-stealing scandal, as much as I dislike the Patriots, putting an asterisk next to somebody's name doesn't wipe away the memory I have of watching that football game. Like, does an asterisk make me completely forget that Michigan beat the hell out of Washington? No. 
no, I'm going to recognize that that happened. And even though somebody could take it away, even have to take down a banner, that win last night happened. No, the 15-0 and season, that happened to me. Not saying I'm a Michigan fan. I support Michigan. I support the sign stealing. Not saying that. I just, it's kind of hollow to me. Like, when I look at, I think the most perfect example, you know, with the Astros and you know, the sign-stealing scandal in 2017, like, do I go back and say, no, the Dodgers really won the World Series? No. Do I recognize the Astros as true World Series champions? Not really. But I can't just ignore the fact they won those games. Even if they are tarnished, I can't rewrite history. There's just an asterisk next to that name. And for Michigan, maybe down the road there is going to be. But hell, I don't even know if there wasn't sign stealing involved, and I don't think there was last night. I mean, this was an absolute butt whooping. They embarrassed Washington on the national stage. And I, I've always, you know, contemplated this. You know, I think here locally, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri fans are so starved for a national championship appearance that it was like Oh, if you were in Washington's shoes last night, you still take that. At least you had one college football playoff win, and though you got embarrassed on the national stage, you take it. I think the the better debate was last year, where if you were a Kansas, Kansas State, or Missouri fan, would you have taken TCU's spot, where you beat Michigan but lose 65-7 to in the national championship game? I think it is something to consider. Some fans go, absolutely. I, I think just an appearance in the national championship is important in its own. And it is true. It brings in a lot of money. Uh, It helps recruiting, branding, all of that. But to get humiliated on the national stage, that's that's pretty tough to swallow. I don't think Washington fans are waking up this morning, you know, taking the positive approach to it, the optimistic approach of, hey, at least we got there. No, I think they felt like they were very, very well equipped, good enough to beat that Michigan team. But it was not meant to be as the Wolverines dominated the Huskies 34-13. to And, you know, maybe I am being too harsh. This was a one-possession game all the way up until six, seven minutes to go. And it was the way everything spiraled out of control. You know, you've got the the go, the go 14-point swing a little bit. You've got the interception and near return that set up another touchdown. I mean, I just never got the the feeling that Washington – was going to come back even when they were down seven. They just, it felt like every play was a desperation attempt. Michael Penix could not get anything going. And I'm pulling up his numbers now, kind of doing this on the fly. Completion percentage-wise, the last time he had a completion percentage below 53, I don't think it was even this year. No, you go back to last... Oh, looks like 10 games or so. Lowest one he had was 54.5 against Washington State. Wasn't a great performance. He hadn't had a quarterback rating below 100 in the last 10 games. 93.6 last night. He also hadn't had two interceptions since that weird game against Arizona State. But he still had a quarterback rating of 109.8. It was was a bad performance last night. I don't think it's ever a good thing when your quarterback throws over 50 times. I I just don't think it's that efficient. And also, here's another thing to point out. In the last 10 games, 
That was the lowest yards per attempt he had had. Five yards per attempt, 11.3 against Texas, 8.2 against Oregon. And I'm not going to buy into one game and say, oh, now he's not going to be a great pro prospect. But these are also things that stick in people's mind. Like, I think if Michael Penix played the way he did against Texas but lost, I think that he's a first-round pick. I think after last night, he slipped to day two. That's how things can change. I know we contemplated, you know, would somebody trade up for him? Would they? Would he go into the top ten if he wins a national championship? I think it's something to consider because of how good he was. But Jake even brought up, you know, knee injuries he's had in the past. That is something you have to factor in. The last night, uh, Michigan's defense looked like an NFL-caliber defense. Nothing came easy for that Washington team. And the Washington defense could not stop a nosebleed in the first half. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards were just ridiculous. Edwards only ran the ball six times at 104 yards. Corum had 134 on 21 carries, 6.4 yards per carry. And Donovan Edwards had a video game like 17.3 yards per carry because of two really big runs in the first quarter. Michigan gets it done 34-13 against the Washington Huskies. Jake, I'll swing it to you. Uh, Did you see the game ever kind of having a result like this? I thought for the most part if Michigan was going to win, you're you're talking 24-20, you're thinking 2017, a low-scoring game. I really didn't anticipate Michigan's offense putting up 34, but Man, the two running backs, the the duo of running backs made life very easy for J.J. McCarthy in the national championship game. Yeah, and even when they started to slow down the two running backs, McCarthy got loose on a couple, too. I mean, they just – it was interesting. I, I When they first sat down, it's like, man, this is going to be a beatdown. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly started to figure it out. Um, and, I, look, it was a bad night for Washington to have a bad night. I mean – really was. Uh we saw Penix missing wide receivers that he hadn't been missing. You know, I, that that drive, I think they were down 17-10, and they had that, that big play down the right side, and they called it back on a holding call that was questionable. Mm-hmm. It's like things just con- consistently went against them. Uh, you know, they had two opportunities to to make a statement, and, and Penix had two bad interceptions when they, you know, could have had some momentum going the other way. So, I mean – the score doesn't indicate how close I, I thought the game was. Um, but, look, they, they – I you said it best. There's pros on that defense. Oh, yeah. Some legitimate pros. And it, it's like we the difference between what you saw Washington against Texas versus Washington last night is the, the, the wide receivers were getting open. Penix was hitting them on the money. I mean, it, it was like they couldn't get on the same page. When Penix would hit them, they'd have a bad drop. And then when they were open, Penix missed at least two, I can think of, that that would have been deep shots that, that probably would have resulted into touchdowns. So, you know, bad night for Michael Penix. But also, it's like, it's not that he had a bad night. He was getting battered, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that that was the, it, it's like, oh, you could say he has a bad night, but he's running for his life. He, you know, saw him at the end of the game. It, he Crunched. Yeah, clearly had some hits to his ribs. And so, um, yeah, it. Hindsight's always twenty twenty when you look at things like this, and, and I, I don't think he did a whole lot of damage. There was da- like there is damage done to his draft stocks at some level, like because now the questions are going to be: can he handle pressure and and 
and those kind of questions. So much time between now and the draft, he he, he can go out and absolutely show at the combine and have great pro days and move himself right back into the top two or three uh, quarterbacks taken in the next year's draft. This year's draft, I guess. <laughs> next year, twenty twenty four, dude. Yep. Um. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Props to Jim Harbaugh. Props to the Michigan Wolverines. Um, but like, also, peace to the college football playoff. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> see you later. You know, because I'm now I'm like, oh, I'd love to see Michigan, Georgia. Yep. Right. You know, I, would too, yeah. I, I was like, you I, know, it, it, that's that's what I you know. So n- next year we're going to get twelve teams, and I you know, to your point, and and maybe to kind of pivot and transition to another conversation is like. Building a dynasty just got harder. Very much so. You know, winning two games and having a national title, it, it's no more. So, I mean, I, I still, we had this conversation. I think Jim Harbaugh is gone. I think, you know, there's there's enough. I think it's him and the Chargers is a match made in heaven. You know, they fired their, their GM as well. You know, he's not going to go anywhere where he doesn't have full autonomy and have uh, basically all the say in, in the personnel. Um, so with that said, you know, is it tainted? I, I don't know. There, we're going to talk about it, but I am in complete step with you in alignment with you can't unsee what we just saw. And we just saw a team go 15-0 and and put a beat down on a really good Washington team. Um, you know, but hey, Washington, it was there for them to at least have a shot at the end. Be, they just they – just, kind of piddled it away. Um, you know, you saw drop passes on third downs that would have extended drives. You know, it's just like they couldn't get out of their own way. Um, but, you know, like I said, you can't just say they – there has to be an alternate on that side. So it's like Michigan forced those things to happen. They made them, they made them play at a different different level that they, they hadn't seen a defense like that all year. Because, mm-hmm. I mean – Legitimately, there's probably not maybe two or three other teams that, that play that level of defense in, in the country right now. You know, and that's why I say, like, I'd love to see Georgia and oh. Michigan go at it, right? Um, because I, I, you know, I think, you know, they had a, they had a bad a bad day against Alabama and, and you know, and they lost their shot at the, the playoffs. So, um, but no, hats off to to Jim Harbaugh. And now it's uh, the the questions will surround him. Does he? Does he take a step into the uh, into the back into the waters of the NFL? Because I mean, legitimately, like I, I don't think I don't think he wants to battle the the stresses that go into not only recruiting players coming in, but recruiting players that are on your team. I don't think he wants to deal with the nil headaches. Um, because right now it's the wild, wild west and, and like building that dynasty that you're talking about, it just got harder because now you're going to have, you know, you're going to have to win a couple more games to win that national title. And, you know, that's, it's going to look a whole lot different moving forward. But I, as a college football fan, I'm all for it. I think that, you know, I can't wait for next season with, with playoff games on campus, you know, like just like. 12 team playoff like that's gonna be sick man it's gonna be fantastic it's going to bring the element of what the nfl has yeah right, of the playoffs it's like yeah. it's uh, to me 
the wild card weekend, like this is what I'm excited for this weekend. Like after that, I'm not saying I'm going to be bored watching games, but it's the same way like the NCAA tournament. Everybody will tell you the first weekend in the NCAA tournament is more fun than like the Sweet 16 Elite Eight unless your team's in it because upsets can happen. Right. Right. If you got Michigan next year playing a, oh, let's throw out a team like, uh, not going to say Liberty because they got housed by Oregon. I don't know. Somebody ranked between 14 and 15. Okay, let's do like a, a Kansas State in there. Uh, you know, finished, I think, 18th in the polls. Missouri, KUK State were also all ranked the top 25 to end the year. But let's say uh, K-State plays a Michigan next year, and they upset Michigan. Like, that's entertaining to the college football family. They have to go to the big house, and, and they beat them there. That is a different element than just – skipping everything to the Final Four. Now, for college players, it makes it difficult because you're playing a lot more than just 15 games. You got a lot more on your plate to get to a national championship. So, war of attrition, some would say. Before we do take a break, I do want to play one piece of audio here from Jim Harbaugh, and I think it ties into him staying in Michigan or going on to the NFL. It's about, you know, if there are any more boxes to check at the college level. And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering if there are. After winning a national championship game, here is Jim Harbaugh after the game. Well, I checked the biggest box, you know, for me personally, just to be, uh, you know, part of the family, you know, uh, with my dad who won a national championship with Western Kentucky in 2002 and John Harbaugh who won the Super Bowl 2012 season, 2013 Super Bowl. I get to sit at the, uh, the big person's table now. Uh, that that feels really good. Just you know, to be to be the only coach in your own family that you know hasn't won a national t- title uh, or Super Bowl, the the championship. Yeah, that, that feels great personally. Whew. I mean, kind of dodged the question a little bit, but that doesn't sound very reassuring. That he's going to go back to Michigan. I think this is a scenario in which he goes out on top. National championship, Michigan fans can think highly of him. They know he's also leaving. I don't think it's going to be a, a sour thing. I'm sure it's going to hurt, but Michigan's not going to have any trouble finding another great head coach. For Jim Harbaugh, though, I think he wants to go conquer the next best thing, and that's winning a Super Bowl. And he was asked about NFL. that. Yeah. He was asked if a, a future would he like to have a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. You just mentioned all those accomplishments and the big person's table. Would you want to add winning a Super Bowl to that? I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. And I hope you give me that, you know. Can a guy have that? Does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's what's the future? You know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope I hope to have a future. I don't know if he's going to get it with the Chargers. And I, as you said, too, this is the last thing I'll say at least, and you can add on if you'd like to. Yeah, the Chargers feels like a match made in heaven. I think it's one of the worst jobs in the NFL right now. When you think about it, I mean, they are so financially screwed. They are so tied up in cap space. And they play 17 road games a year. They don't have one home game. That is such an uphill battle for an NFL team, an NFL coach. And also, the short's leash, or the, the leash is short, excuse me. I don't think they would punt on Jim Harbaugh if it wasn't working out after two or three years. But they're going to have to commit a lot of money to him. And they've already committed so much money to an aging team that can't stay healthy. If it were me and I was Jim Harbaugh, I think Atlanta's the job I'd want to go to. NFC South, weak division. A lot of young weapons. Bijan, Tyler Algier, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Find a quarterback, go win the NFC South. Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield just won it. If I want a Super Bowl, I'm going to Atlanta. I, that sounds crazy to say into a mic, but path. You're talking about the path here. NFC, weaker than the AFC. NFC South, weaker than the AFC West. I want the easy path. I want the young team that doesn't have a lot of cap space tied up. 
I think it makes sense, but maybe Atlanta's looking at Bill Belichick more than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and it, but it's it's where do you put the weight in? Because you have the quarterback. No. I mean, you have the quarterback there. Like, you don't have the quarterback in Atlanta. It is harder to get the quarterback right, right? I, yes. I, I think so, too. But what's, what, what if you – okay, let's throw out a name here. I know you ran, uh, ran through the undrafted – or, excuse me, the unrestricted free agents, which isn't a great group. Um, you could probably add Russell Wilson to Russell that. Russell Wilson to that. Uh, I, that would be an upgrade over Desmond Ritter, I yeah. would think. Oh, I, yeah, there's, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, the, the, there's – there's options. There, and I there do, are like, options. If Baker Mayfield, and I do, I love Baker. I love what he's done in Tampa Bay. But if that is the the baseline here, you win nine games and you're the four seed. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, not saying I want an easy path, but I also want a good future. I don't know if you can sell anybody on the future of the Chargers right now. I, I'd buy on. I think there is a future with Herbert. I really there do. is, but I, everything else? They're going to have to start cutting guys and eating a lot of money. And they yeah. Spend. yeah, but like he, you got to realize that any anywhere he goes, it, it's a three to four year process. No matter right. what, like you have you have to come mm-hmm. in with the plan. Like, okay, it's going to take me two years, maybe three, to to turn this roster into what I mm-hmm. need. Because even if he he has players that you know are are solid young players on good contracts, if they're not his type of guys. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna clear clear that out anyway. So wherever, and I kind of I kind of use Sean Payton as as the example is like, you know, you thought. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson; he had a pretty good year. He did. He I mean, did. he had a, a, I would say, a significantly better year than his first year in Denver, mm-hmm. like a nice bounce back. And they're still running him out. He's still yeah. like, this isn't my guy. Yeah, for many reasons, for the contract, for just this isn't my guy. That's not the guy I'm calling plays into. Mm-hmm. Get him out of here. It, I, I do wonder if Harbaugh's going to have that same mentality because I think Sean Payton's very much of an intense guy. Like it has to be his way, or you're not going to be there anymore. It doesn't matter if your numbers are NFL good; but they have to fit the offense. And clearly, he didn't think Russell Wilson did. I'm curious if Jim Harbaugh would go into a situation and start moving on from guys that maybe don't fit the mold. Right? I just brought up Atlanta. What if he goes in, he looks at Kyle Pitts and says, you haven't performed well in two years. Right. I'm, I'm not going to give you another chance. I'll, I'll give you maybe a couple games, but I'm not going to bank on you being a star. It's, it's possible that he takes that approach, but I don't know, though. I The Chargers' job, I think, is very much built around Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's a top-five quarterback. Yep, me too. And I think it's a disaster that it hasn't worked out so far. I haven't even won a playoff game just yet. They're coming off the worst year. Guys can't stay healthy. Austin Eckler's probably not going to be back next year. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen feels like you have to make a decision at that point because they can't stay healthy. They're taking a lot of money. Bosa, Mack, eating a lot of money there. J.C. Jackson was an abject failure. They missed on Quentin Johnson when there were better wide receivers available. It's just kind of like it's going to have to be an overhaul. And I don't think it's – I think it's a little early to say on Quentin Johnson. True. Like, he, like he's like he's young. I mean, real young. I mean, so it's like – I. I'm with you. I don't, th- I, but I, I, there's still potential there, mm-hmm. right? They, I don't think it's a complete whiff. I don't think you, I mean, like another year, maybe then you could say it's a whiff, but I, I, I think that's a little early to, to, to pull the ripcord on him. But I like, I understand what you're saying, but I don't also look around like Arthur Blank's a pretty hands on owner, you know? Um, and in terms of if he comes to San Diego, he's going to say, you, you stay out of my way. I'm, you, this mm-hmm. is the plan. Yeah. Let me do it. Because that's the kind of guy he is. 
I mean, he he's, yeah. he, he, he's a quirky dude. He is. Right? And so I, I pose this to you. Like, if you're, if you're one of these teams looking for a coach, Belichick's probably going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh's probably going to be out there. And, Which way are you going? And that's uh, another thing. Yeah, I've, I've factored in with, with Belichick. And you look at Jim Harbaugh, because Jim Harbaugh making the jump back, how much of a a pull does he have? Can he say and go, I, I want it to be this way. I want the GM to be this guy. I want all the templates. Belichick can, right? Belichick had that in New England, but also going against Belichick was that it didn't work out well at yeah. the very end. What team, maybe Belichick goes to an L.A. or to a Vegas or to Atlanta and says, if I'm coming here, if I'm leaving my comfy home of Foxborough where I will never be run out of town, let's be honest, I think that it will come down to Forcing retirement, but the fan base isn't going to turn on him. They just won't. He could go 0-17 next year. They'll say it's probably time to move on. I think Kraft's moving on from him. I would probably lean that way as well. But does Belichick go to another team and say, if I'm being forced out, not publicly maybe, maybe behind the scenes forced out, do you say, I will come to Atlanta, L.A., or Vegas if I can be the GM as well? Yeah, I mean, I and do you give him that that power? I don't. Again? I don't know if I do, but uh, he's also seventy one, and that's the biggest mm-hmm. hindrance for me. Where Harbaugh is sixty, you know, I, that's that's the difference. I I would my money would go on Harbaugh right now, but I also know that you know it's going to be interesting. Vegas being available and Brady being involved with Vegas, oh, so I, I you know it's a, that's super interesting. I mean, I think I think the Falcons are the fit for Belichick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you still have – I don't think Carolina – I don't think anyone wants no. to go next to that dumpster fire. I mean, they're, no, they uh, are yeah. – <laughs> good luck. That place is a disaster. And then Washington, you know, they're trying to clean house there. That's an interesting yeah. spot, you know. Will Eric Bieniemy be uh, be a candidate? I imagine he'll at least get an interview there. Um, but, you know, I, it's super interesting. But, like, for me, it's – the reason Harbaugh didn't get the Minnesota job last year is because of that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I want all the power. Yep. And they said no. They would like to hire him, but that's I think that's mm-hmm. the condition. Yeah. And I think he's probably earned that. He has. You know? He's not that great of a GM, I'll be honest, but it's you take the coach. Yeah, I mean he's still he took you know, he he did very well with the forty niners. Mm-hmm. You know? He 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 got you know, he he did well with with a team that had Alex Smith as their quarterback, mm-hmm. and then got a team with Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I, this discussion is being had everywhere, and mm-hmm. and he wants to ignore it. Can I just enjoy this? Well, no, Jim, you can't because <laughs> yeah. this is because you're gone, buddy. I know. I mean, I w- at this point in time, I would just be absolutely shocked if he comes back and coaches Michigan. More power to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, great. He's a Michigan guy. He, you know, he just a lot of a lot of guys try to do what he just did. Now we've seen it now twice or three times now in the last couple of years because Kirby Smart did that at Georgia. Mm-hmm. But you look over, over the long haul of of players and coaches that have gone back to either their hometowns or their their alma maters and and tried to win. It just it's a real hard thing to do. It is, and I think to add the point of why we both think he's gone, he's been in the NFL before. If this was a only college coach, maybe there's a chance of, hey, I just don't want to be an NFL head coach. He's done it before. He's gotten to a Super Bowl, as you pointed out. So, yeah, and yeah. also he talked about sitting at the table. Like, you're going to sit at the head of that table if you win a Super Bowl. 
Exactly. Right? You're just... going to say, hey, Dad, you have a natty, and uh, hey, bro, uh, you have a, a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I got them both. I've got them both. And look, that's <laughs> I'm probably the only one in this family that does. Right. So for Jim Harbaugh, if that was it at Michigan, what a way to go. That was very impressive with the way they beat down the Washington Huskies last night, 34-13. to 13. I like this head coaching carousel talk, so let's carry it in to our second segment. But I really want to spotlight the Las Vegas Raiders and what they should do with Antonio Pierce. That's next on ESPN Kansas City. 20 minutes left on the shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Some breaking news in the NFL is a minute ago of Mike Garofolo. Dolphins are signing veteran pass rusher Justin Houston. Banged up edge group, adds an experienced player heading into the postseason. Uh, well, if Justin Houston plays, I'm sure he can use a lot of that rage and anger he has toward Kansas City to have some type of performance. I don't know about you, Jake, but when I found out that he was in Carolina this year, when he got cut by Carolina, I kind of asked, when did he ever go to Carolina? I don't remember any sort of report that he had signed with the Panthers. But maybe he just never played. I don't know. But now, at least, he's on a playoff team. And he's on a playoff team that is going to be taking on your Kansas City Chiefs Saturday night at 7 p.m. on Peacock. Should be a fun one in sub-Arctic temperatures. Negative 10 real feel on Saturday night. And we'll have plenty to break down throughout the week. We're going to have our running the spread for playoff games on Thursday. Tomorrow, more of a deep dive into the Chiefs and Dolphins. But for our next segment, I want to continue this coaching carousel talk. Because this might be the only time over the next couple of weeks that we really dive into it. There's too much uh, playoff stuff going on. And as long as the Chiefs are still breathing, as long as they're still playing... We're going to be talking a lot of playoff football. But for those that are done, the decision is now, do you stick with the head coach you got or do you move on? For some teams, they've already made their decision. One of them who is not and is going to have to make a decision rather soon because of this Jim Harbaugh situation is the Las Vegas Raiders. They have had quite the interim in Antonio Pierce. I think that Antonio Pierce, who's got... Championship pedigree in his blood. He's also a perfect fit, in my opinion, for the Raiders. He embodies everything the Raiders are. And I think Raiders fans would agree. Nasty, physical. They want to beat you up. Uh, They want to intimidate you. I mean, even though they're not in Oakland anymore, it's not like Vegas, even though it's a fun, not going to say pristine city, it's Sin City, it's fun, everybody loves to go to Vegas. Like, Vegas and Oakland have that same mentality of shadiness, right? You want to be this you want to be this villainous group. And I think the Raiders want to be that. Antonio Pierce knows that as well. Like, Josh McDaniel did not embody anything about the Raiders, which is why I don't think it worked out. Antonio Pierce absolutely does. And because he's always bringing up violence, right? We want to punch somebody in the mouth. We want to beat somebody up. I love that. For a head coach, Antonio Pierce, in like five to six weeks, became one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. And that's pretty shocking to say, considering he's the Raiders head coach. But he's great for them. The players love playing for him. He's already got a couple of accolades to him, right? He beat the Chiefs, even though it wasn't a 
fully loaded Broncos team that was playing their starters. He beat the Broncos. So there's two AFC West opponents. Some big wins. Big time wins since taking over. And he's had to do so with a rookie quarterback. The Raiders, though, are going to have this this uh, difficulty, though, I feel like. Because what they can do is make the popular pick, which is Antonio Pierce. I think even if Antonio Pierce doesn't work out, people are going to praise the Raiders for making that selection because of what he did on the back half of the schedule since taking over Josh McDaniels. When he did that, he earned a lot of respect around the league. However, if things do not work out with a Jim Harbaugh or a Bill Belichick, they will be ridiculed to no end for letting Antonio Pierce go. Kind of the same thing with like Rich Passaccia, who stepped in at a really good job in the interim role for the Raiders after uh, John Gruden was forced to step down. And they moved on from Bisaccia. McDaniels was hired, and he was terrible. You are heavily criticized for that. The Raiders don't want to screw this one up again. But it comes down to, do you hire Harbaugh, who has shown he's a very good NFL coach, he's going to cost a lot of money, but you're basically discrediting what happened with Antonio Pierce for the last five to six weeks of the season. Do you go that route and gamble that maybe it doesn't work out, or do you take the young up-and-coming head coach who doesn't have the longevity, doesn't have the experience, but he had a group playing very inspired in games that did matter. The Raiders were still fighting for a playoff chance going into week 17 of the NFL season. I love Antonio Pierce, but I'm sure there are people in that front office in Vegas saying he's never coached a full NFL season before. He has been a positions guy. And he took over a role that maybe wasn't the easiest to take over, but I don't think any of the players love Josh McDaniel. So everybody bought in immediately because it was better than the alternative. And if Jim Harbaugh's there and Bill Belichick's there, do you pony up the money to go get a big-time head coach like that? Or do you stay in-house and take it as, hey, we were gifted with a young head coach right here that can win football games? I'm I think they should go with Antonio Pierce. I think it's the safe pick right now. You don't have to gamble. And I still think he's a very good NFL head coach. I think he can be the guy to turn the Raiders around. I promise I'm not you know, putting all my stock into five or six games. But there is something to consider when you look at the group that the Raiders had. I mean, there are stars. Devontae Adams, star. Josh Jacobs, star. Max Crosby, star. Other than that, there's not much to work with at the moment. Not a great offensive line. Not the best secondary. Now, they lost Darren Waller this past year. Hunter Renfro is a shell of his former self. Now, there's a lot to build there, but I think that a guy like Antonio Pierce is the guy to build it. Jake, how do you see the Raiders doing this? Do they blunder it, hire the wrong guy, pay too much money for somebody and it doesn't work out? Or... Do they finally make the right move, in my opinion, and stay at home with Antonio Pierce? Uh, I mean, if I'm going with, I guess, past <laughs> the past history, yeah. they're going to screw it up somehow. I mean, it's like they'll screw it up somehow. I, I don't know. It, it seems like a safe hire. I mean, it seems like the safest hire. But also, if he doesn't get this job, is anybody else talking about hiring him? for their head coaching position? I don't think so. Right. I think it's like the Rich Passaccia thing. Right. And so 
Um, I, I don't. It's not the flashy, you know. Because what's the trend been? Let, let's look at the trend over the last couple of years, right? It's mm-hmm. the higher, higher the hot young, offensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. That's the trend, right? And whether it be Matt Lafleur, whether it be Sean McVay, you know, you just go down the line. You know, Frank Wright was that guy for a bit. Um, uh, by the way, F- Frank Wright is why Justin Houston went to Carolina. Yes, you know. Yep. Um, and, and then once he got fired, I thought I think the writing was on the wall. Um, but I, I don't. I, it seems like there is some evidence. Like I think. <laughs> I think that was a damn good win for the Raiders. And it didn't have everything to do with the Chiefs crapping the game away. I, I give a lot of credit to the Raiders that day. That defense w- was damn good. I mean, granted, they scored two touchdowns in 14 seconds, mm-hmm. and that was the end of the game pretty much. Um, but, I, I mean, it, it's not it's not splash. It's not a splashy, fancy it glitzy higher, and mm-hmm. I, I think you know. You look at that stadium, you look at the city, you look at what they're trying to do. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I who else? If not him, then who? Right? If if not him, then who? Um, and and I, if I'm the Raiders, I probably would go with it just from the results. But you know, I don't think bringing in. I mean, just bringing in what Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. for the Lions, is a big name that's out there. Um, I mean, none of those guys those guys don't do a whole lot for me. Um, you know, I I I think Eric Bieniemy, right? I think mm-hmm. that would be a, a great hire for the Raiders. Yeah, a guy who knows the AFC West, a guy who has discipline, a guy who has grit, a guy who I think his absence in Kansas City this year has said a lot to the Chiefs' struggles. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, like okay, if, if not Antonio Pierce, then uh, Eric Bieniemy might be my guy in Vegas. Um, you know, it, it, if I'm hiring in the AFC West, I don't know how you're not looking at Eric Bieniemy, A guy who knows Andy Reid maybe better than the majority of, of the coaches in the league. You know he's gonna know his tendencies. He's gonna know, he's gonna know Patrick Mahomes' weaknesses if there are any. You know why? Why would you not want that guy leading your team if you're in the AFC West? So, um, no, I, I I think they could they could blunder it up worse than Antonio Pierce. I think he showed a lot. I I mean, if I'm a Raiders fan, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that move because of what he's shown at the. I mean, they they finished second in the in the division. Um, it's not saying a whole, whole lot because the division was pretty weak this year. Um, but, you know, if I'm not looking at Antonio Pierce, I definitely would have my eye on Eric Bieniemy. We'll see if Eric Bieniemy also wants to, to leave Washington. I, I think there are better destinations out there, but it's kind of his spot to lose right now at this point. I, I think Washington would be stupid to hire him as an assistant head coach, fire Ron Rivera, and then not give him the job. Uh, I mean, I, but they are doing, like – they're bringing in a whole lot of people into yep, Washington right they now. They are. They can so, move on. So I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just completely just gut that. I mean, from from the from the ownership changing mm-hmm. to 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 
front office, like I could see that whole thing just being we're wiping the slate clean. Yeah. New ownership, new personnel, new everything. I mean, I think that I think that's that's what it smells like to me mm-hmm. for the commanders right now when I look at that situation. Um, but uh, Washington is a weird place, man. I mean, I, I I don't know how to describe it. It's just the stadium's in a weird place. I mean, I've spent some time there just, you know, I, working for CBS for 11 seasons. It's just like, it's a weird, it's just got a weird vibe to it. It's mm-hmm. up on a hill alone by itself. It's just kind of, I mean, I, if I'm Eric bien I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be probably wanting to move on. Um, just because that that it's just been a there's just a taint to to the Washington Commanders from having to change their name to to getting rid of the owner. It's just I think Eric Bieniemy. I think he's going to be a good head coach somewhere in this league. Um, it's just that's been the discussion. He's been a candidate four five last off seasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, since he took over the offensive coordinator role for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. you know, when he went to the you know. AFC, the first Super Bowl after that, you know, in, in 2019, 2020, you know, that's I mean, he's been getting interviews for the last four off seasons. And, yeah. you know, so I'm sure his name will be out there again this off season. So I if I'm the Raiders, I'll, I think they find a way to screw this up and you'll get a guy like who? You know, it does feel I mean, it felt like that with the I can't believe they look at the Josh McDaniels situation and said that's going to be the next guy, even after what they gave or they got with Rich Passaccia. I know Rich Passaccia is a, an older guy. It's not like he's the young, new, improved coach to lead you into the future. But Antonio Pierce is. And that's why I think the Raiders kind of have to make the safe pick here. They're. I know it's Las Vegas. I know gambling is literally in the definition of Las Vegas. But I don't know if they're in a spot where they can. Like, if Antonio Pierce, my opinion is, if he doesn't work out, let's say Antonio Pierce next year goes 5-12, and 12, and they say, okay, bad decision, fired. I don't think it's going to be as heavily criticized as people think. If, like, you hire a, I'm trying to think of another big name other than Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, I'm kind of struggling to do so. But let's say they go with Ben Johnson or something of Detroit. Let's say they go with a... Oh, let's say like Dan Quinn. Not that Dan Quinn would want to leave Dallas as a defensive coordinator. But let's say they go like Dan Quinn and it doesn't work out. That is harder to defend than if you stayed in-house, went with the guy that apparently all the players love, want to play for, and then it fails. Because if that does, it's okay. We misjudged you know, his inexperience. We misjudged a five or six, seven-game stretch. Uh, you beat the Chiefs in a year that they were kind of down. You beat a Broncos team at the end of the year without their starting quarterback. I don't think the Raiders have had mightily impressive wins. I don't look at it that way. But they need stability. They need structure. And they've gambled far, far, far too many times on trying to get the new quarterback, trying to get the shiny new receiver. I mean, the fact that they've had Devontae Adams for two years now, Right, that yeah, two years, not a single playoff game to show for it, not a winning record to show for it. You've gone through three quarterbacks now, four that have actually started games in two years. Clearly, there's an there's a state of 
we need to reevaluate. Maybe we start taking the approach of let's build this thing up, then try to cut corners and just buy, buy, buy at spots and don't really have the main fix to a team, which is the quarterback. I do not understand what what they saw in giving Jimmy Garoppolo a three-year deal. Never thought that was going to work. And you look at the winning percentage and go, oh, you know, Jimmy G could win games. That was because he was with Kyle Shanahan, who could make it work with Brock Purdy. Like, the Raiders should have looked at Jimmy G and Brock Purdy and saw Brock Purdy get to a NFC championship game and go, maybe it is the coach and not the player. They ignored that. I think in this spot, you go Antonio Pierce, it is going to be widely respected. Like, when, if, I shouldn't say when, if that is announced, I think everybody in the Twitter comments, everybody talking on ESPN is going to go, that's a good move by the Raiders. And I think that's what they need to do. They need to have that move that's not a reach, that's not a gamble. Now, if Jim Harbaugh says, hey, I want to go to Las Vegas, I want to coach the Raiders, maybe then that is where you go, all right, this is a guy that's been to a Super Bowl. He is a very successful head coach. We want the best possible name here in Vegas. But if he's leaning toward L.A. or he's leaning toward Atlanta and Bill Belichick's doing the same, I don't know why you wouldn't just stay in-house. You know, also the other problem is if you start looking for other head coaches, if you start, you know, interviewing guys that aren't Antonio Pierce, that's going to ruffle some feathers, I believe. Not only with him, but I think with the team. It's a team that can become fractured rather quickly. They got fractured four to five games into the season. They needed to tear everything down, go with you know an interim head coach, go with a backup quarterback. You know, this is a a team that just needs the fine footing. Maybe you can say eight and nine with a win against the Chiefs at Arrowhead is footing, but I've got no reason to believe they're just going to turn things around, that all of a sudden things are going to be different. It's got to start with the head coach. I just think that you know it is a a great destination. I think for players, it's Las Vegas, brand new stadium. Uh, the Raiders do have culture. Let's be honest. You know, back to the the sixties and seventies, they were very widely respected among the NFL. John Madden put them on the map. You think all the video games like there is history to the Raiders, but over the last twenty years, bad hires, really, really bad hires. I would say. We'll see what the Raiders do, though. But as Jake said, I'm kind of in agreement that why can I believe the Raiders are going to do the right thing when they constantly prove to do the wrong thing? There is Ray Charles, so it's time to go. That wraps up another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. We will talk to you tomorrow at 10 AM. You take it easy, Kansas City.